Federal News Network's Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. Today's question, does FEHB cover mental health benefits? Well, the answer is OPM requires plans to pay the same benefits for physician visits or hospital stays, whether due to either physical or mental illness. But according to Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees, plans select the providers for their networks and will rarely use providers whose practices emphasize weekly sessions of talk therapy nor will plans reimburse full costs for services provided by a psychiatrist of your choosing. Instead, they provide a limited number of plan-affiliated psychiatrists and often rely mainly on the services of clinical psychologists, clinical social workers, and other non-MD staff. Check out our Open Season Hotline presented by GEHA. Head over to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Open Season Hotline. Send us your questions and we'll read answers daily at six minutes past the hour on the Federal Drive. The Defense Department is about to head to court to defend its multi-billion dollar Jedi cloud contract. Again, Amazon Web Services announced last week it plans to file a bid protest lawsuit challenging DOD's surprise decision to award the Jedi contract to Microsoft. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has been following the latest turns in the Jedi saga. He joins me now to talk about what we know and what we still don't. Well, Jared, I had predicted that Amazon would file a protest before the World Series was over. I was wrong (laughs) on that, but not completely wrong. Yeah, they're they're taking their time a little bit with this, and 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 we have not been able to get an answer from the company as to when they'll actually file the protest itself. What they've done so far, just to bring everybody up to speed, is uh, a week ago Friday they filed a, a notice of intent to sue with the Court of Federal Claims, with DOD, with DOJ, and with Microsoft, the the, the winning bidder in this case. That's something that is required by the court's rules, but you only have to give 24 hours notice. So it's a little bit surprising that we haven't seen an actual complaint at this point. I, I would say what we can infer from, from what Amazon has said so far is that they're going to contest this on at least two grounds. One is the obvious one, that they just think that they had a better proposal and that DOD erred in, in, in the, the, the factors that it used to select Microsoft. But there's also very clearly going to be allegations of political interference here. We don't know the details of those yet, but it's certainly a gesture towards some of the comments the president has made earlier this year, sort of denigrating the process and, and suggesting that it was rigged to favor Amazon. Amazon Web Services, so that 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 that's possibly an allegation that they're going to make. But but the but the statement that they sent us um, late last week suggested that the process itself was flawed. They said that the evaluation process quote contained clear deficiencies, errors, and unmistakable bias. Now that 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 may just be an inartfully written sentence because it 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 doesn't seem to point directly toward the president's comments. It seems to point directly toward the process DOD used to do the source selection itself. But we're speculating a little bit here since we haven't seen the actual complaint and and, and I think there's going to be a, a huge amount of detail in that complaint that that Amazon obviously got out of its debriefing with DOD after it lost the award. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one because if you go on technical grounds of source selection and you look at the specifications that were in whatever it was in the solicitation that was required of the bidders, when you get into cloud services, it gets incredibly arcane in the hundreds and hundreds of specific data services they all offer. And so there's many ways to skin a cat. So I think they might think that their better bet is to prove the whole thing was tainted, which is something of an irony since everyone thought the whole thing was wired toward, popular phrasing was, it was wired toward Amazon in the first place. 
Oh, absolutely. It's incredibly ironic. And in fact, to add, to add more to that, you know, ironic point, Oracle is still pursuing its original bid protest challenge from from when it, from when it, it was alleging that the entire thing was was basically wired toward AWS and that that it was unfairly excluded. It is still pursuing that case before a federal appeals court. So yes, irony abounds here a little bit. Um, as far as what Amazon is doing here, again, we don't know how much of the focus here is going to be. On, on on the political interference point, but you're right, it is going to have to be fairly technical and they're going to have to prove that it actually had some bearing on, on, on the decision the procurement officials here made. It's, it's not going to be enough to just tell a federal judge, you know, the president said some mean things about us. For its part, DOD has, has really been strenuous that it, it took you know, fairly serious steps here to insulate this source election process from any potential for political interference. Dana Deasy, the DOD chief information officer, testified before the Senate Armed Services Committee about this just a couple of weeks ago, and he described a little bit how he set up the source selection process to, again, insulate it from political interference. We have kept the identity of every member of the source selection team anonymous throughout this process. Finally, in my discussions that I've had with the Deputy Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of Defense, at no time throughout this process have I ever shared any proprietary source information with them, nor have I ever divulged when we got to the conclusion who the awardee was. Now, now he points out that, that the source selection committee was isolated and, and completely anonymized, so no one even knew who they were, so they couldn't, they couldn't try to you know, influence them even if, if they wanted to. But, but as Stephen Schooner, noted procurement law expert, pointed out, and uh, I believe he was quoted in the Post last week, that, 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 that is not the final decision-making body. The source selection official can override their decisions. But what, what DZ seems to be saying at the end of that clip there is that he's at least suggesting that that committee did have the final say or whatever its recommendation was is what stood because he never informed anybody about their decision. That's at least the implication from what he's saying there. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. And really, what other strategy could he take? Because if one individual overrides a committee, that tends to take away the diffusion of the decision-making that would be crucial in something that you're trying to say was politically motivated or you're accused of that. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's certainly something that would come out in bid protest litigation. And DOD certainly had to you know, at least consider the high likelihood that there would be a bid protest filed in this case. And then just as for the mechanics of how this is working, we don't know exactly when Amazon got its debriefing, which is what kind of triggers the clock as to when they would be able to protest the Government Accountability Office. They've got 10 days after that that debriefing occurs. We do know that that 10 days has now elapsed, so GAO was no longer an option for them. The Court of Federal Claims really was their only option left if they wanted to challenge this. The court gives them, as I understand it, talking to, to, to lawyers and procurement experts, a little bit more latitude to pursue a wider variety of, of different claims than they would have in front of GAO. And there's also no specific deadline to file at the Court of Federal Claims claims, except for a very long statute of limitations that that exists kind of across most civil cases. So they've got a while to file here, but they do need to try and demonstrate to the court that they are acting as quickly as they reasonably can here, because one of the things they're probably going to want to show is that they would be irreparably harmed if, if DOD is allowed to get too far down the path of this work with Microsoft, the winning bidder. They're, they're probably going to want to seek a temporary restraining order or a preliminary injunction to, to stop work on JEDI while this bid protest proceeds. 
Yeah, the suspicious in me feels that maybe their strategy is to simply get the whole thing tossed and go to some kind of a multiple award to try to irrevocably taint the whole thing, make it the 737 max of cloud procurements so no one would ever trust it, no matter how much time they spend repairing it, and then DOD starts over and skips the single award plan. That's just my the suspicious side of me. I see where you're going there, and it's, you know, one of the, you know, there's a lot of things you can point to as to why a single award strategy was problematic for DOD here, but one is, you know, you made the thing so gigantic that it's, it, you know, it's really, if you're losing bidder here, it's like, why not protest? It's such a big kahuna. But but on the other hand, DOD has been sort of changing its messaging on, on how big and significant Jedi really is. Remember at the very beginning of all this, a year and a half ago, the, the, the messaging really was Jedi is going to contain most of our data and applications that are going to the cloud. And, and, and as time has gone on, they've really more emphasized a multi-cloud strategy. And, and they actually, to us, released a list of what they consider to be the members of that multi-cloud. There's, there's a total of 10 besides Jedi that they, that they called out to us in a list. One of those is a classified contract, but the, but the others are things that we've covered quite a bit. They're things like the Air Force's cloud-hosted enterprise services, MillCloud 2.0, the, the big Navy enterprise resource planning system that just went into AWS, in fact. So, and they're calling those their cloud enterprise. So they're, they're they're not just talking about Jedi anymore as the main destination or, or the only destination for, for cloud-enabled applications and data. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.